Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. We are here to talk about the John Krasinski Machine Gun Kelly episode, the first one of 2021. And I'm here with my dear friend Hibba. Hello, Hibba. Hey, Candace. So first things first, I want to give a really big congratulations to Hibba because in our episode, the SNL 2021 draft, she predicted and she predicted correctly that one person that would be hosting this year is, quote, a generic hot white guy movie star. And I would like to think that John qualifies for this. So congratulations, Hiva. Thank you so much. Honestly, I'm really proud of this. Um, it's like a lifetime achievement of mine. But I, okay, so John Krasinski, has he been in any movies? I don't know. But he does fit into the generic hot white guy category for sure. Yeah. So now one caveat to this is um, I feel like John mainly came on because one, when he originally was supposed to host was March 23rd, 2020 with Dua Lipa. And at the time, A Quiet Place Part 2 was going to come out. Now, A Quiet Place Part 2 is now scheduled to be released September 17th, 2021. That is a full year and a half after it's supposed to. But at the same time, John was like kind of gearing up to do Jack Ryan, which, by the way, I thought was a movie. It is actually a TV series. But nonetheless, we all remember where we were when John Krasinski became hot all of a sudden. And I think because of that, you win, Hibba. You win. Thank you so much. Honestly, I feel like that moment was when he married Emily Blunt. Yeah, you're completely right. Because another thing that he mentioned in his monologue is that like Emily has hosted before. And honestly, I could have sworn this was like his fourth or fifth time, but this was his very first time. And I'm a little surprised. Yeah, actually, I was really surprised too. I I just feel like he's the kind of person that he was so into it. And I was like, so into him being into it. And he was like, really excited So I was surprised, but at the same time, I feel like they usually have people who are promoting like one big project, like a movie or something, and like The Office was on forever, and it's just, I don't know, I don't know if they like kind of miss those cultural moments that are like longer, because they don't happen at like a specific event, you know? Mm, I see what you mean, and I'm actually glad you mentioned The Office, because I want to bring this up. So I, walking into this episode told Hibba that I have zero expectations because I don't care too much about John Krasinski. I really didn't care about Machine Gun Kelly until he started dating Megan Fox. But I kind of thought, look, John Krasinski has been in Something Borrowed. He had his rom-com phase. He is now Jack Ryan. He's in his action star phase. He's now in his auteur writer-director phase with The Quiet Place. So I was like, There's no way they're going to talk about The Office because we're past this. We're totally, totally past this. And yet the entire monologue was about The Office. How did you feel about it? And do you think it worked well? I loved this episode like more than I thought I would, to be honest. I I also had like low expectations. I was like, it's going to be mediocre. Like it's the first episode back. They have so much ground to cover. But I feel like they totally did the right thing which is like people know him from the office and they made that point in like a very hilarious way um I also love that he made out with Pete Davidson like that was just like like there was a moment like the whole build-up to that I was like is he about to kiss Pete Davidson and then he did and I like fell out of my chair so I feel like it was absolutely like the correct move they did 
they like made fun of the fact that like people have been watching the office during quarantine and like no matter what he does he'll never <laughs> break out of people knowing him from that and so i don't know i just like when when they take the most obvious joke and kind of like turn it on its head in like a smart way and i think they did that well mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of kissing in this episode and i loved it and like I just want to know who came up with the pitch that Pete Davidson should kiss John Krasinski, because if I'm being honest, it could have been either of them, and I am okay with that. I really want it to be Pete Davidson, like, that would just be so funny, but I I have a feeling it was, like, Colin or something like that. Ooh. You know, I have to say, I kind of would have expected Colin Jost and John Krasinski to be, like, buddy-buddy, like, Hamptons with the wifey's buddy-buddy. They were in, like, well, Colin Joe's hosting Weekend Update makes sense, but, like, I don't even get the vibe that they're friends. I don't know why. That's such a good point. Yeah, I agree with you. I I didn't expect him to be, like, that close with Pete because Pete's friends are, like, Machine Gun Kelly. But, like, at the same time, I, I feel like you're right. Like, Colin Jost and John Krasinski are in the same league of, like, generic hot white guys. But maybe it's because they're in the same league they're like competitive with each other and they're not pals Mm -hmm. exactly well you know the cold open was fine i think one thing that stuck out to me is just that this is the first episode of the biden administration which means it means a lot of things firstly it means that snl doesn't have to go after the president every week they can go after congress people and like systems and like institutions that are failing the american public and that's awesome i guess that's kind of awesome for comedy um but i one i want to give i want to give john a plus because it's kind of rare to have the host be in the cold open and he came on as tom brady um it was interesting because watching him i was like oh i forgot that john krasinski can play younger like he looked very young in that any thoughts on the monologue or cold open Yeah, okay, so I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't expecting too much. I I do like that they didn't actually have Biden in it, because we we had this whole conversation offline, but it was like, who are they going to get to play Biden, like, and all of that, so I feel like I'm interested to see what they do with that. I also do like the focus of them shifting away from, like, okay, like, now that the president doesn't have to be in every single um cold open like how are we going to take a holistic approach i felt like it was smart of the writers because they got to comment on a lot of different issues in a short amount of time like in the like month that snl has been offline like so much has happened so i thought that was smart my favorite thing about it to be honest was just like um kate mckinnon just like being herself like i love when they break like i think it's called like the third wall or something when they like break that and it's just like the real person talking to the real audience and i also love that it was a continuation of her um doctor we know this like character of just kind of being like y'all i'm on the same page as you like this shit is ridiculous and i'm gonna like do a real talk with you about it so i enjoyed that I was a little bit surprised that John Krasinski played Tom Brady because for some reason, even though Tom Brady is like a terrible Trump supporter, like for some reason, Mm -hmm. I thought they would still be friends, like in the way that like, Mm. like celebrities are still friends with Ellen, even though like all this terrible stuff came out about her. So I don't know. But this episode made me a bigger fan of John Krasinski than I was before because he just seemed like really game to like make fun of people that I thought 
he like would be afraid to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So you are coming out and saying that Tom Brady is the Ellen DeGeneres of the NFL, which I love because it's true. <laughs> Basically, yes. I stand by that statement. I love that. Okay. So in terms of sketches, Hibba, what is like, what's a sketch that stood out to you that you kind of want to bring to the table first? Okay. I loved the Georgia sketch. I thought it was really sharp and funny. Um, and... I was waiting the whole time for like the other shoe to drop basically and I think they did a good job with that at the end but I don't know it was just like really smart comedy I think I also will just say as a whole I I love that Pete Davidson was in like 17 sketches (laughs) like he's been on the show for like I don't know like seven years or something and he's only ever in like digital shorts and I feel like he's really coming into his own I didn't like that Bowen was in less things, but Bowen, every single thing that he was in, he made it like 12 times better. So yeah, I'll say the Georgia sketch was my favorite for sure. But mm-hmm. what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the first thing that kind of caught me off guard is that John Krasinski clearly likes Pete Davidson very much. I'm not going to say that they are a more powerful collab than Pete and Timothy Chalamet. I'm just going to say... It is kind of interesting to see the Pete alignment. I guess I guess that's what I would call it. Um, but in terms of favorite sketches, I want to start off by saying that Hibba, I have to admit, I actually think we liked opposite sketches. Like, we have very different feelings, but that's okay. Conflict is good for creativity. So my favorite sketch was actually the creepy twins one. Um... And this is so odd because it's not very, it's not exactly in my wheelhouse. But the first thing I want to say is that I feel like this episode did a very good job of world setting and aesthetic building. For example, I'm glad we can still make Zoom jokes because I still live in a Zoom joke. And I like the aesthetic that they placed, you know, the weird angle of John's like webcam was great. The way that like, the frozenness was really fun and they kind of did a similar like aesthetic building for the supermarket sweep sketch that I really liked. I think the reason I liked this twin sketch is because I'm kind of not interested in talking about this whole GameStop stock market situation and that's where the sketch started off and then it subverts into this whole like John Krasinski playing the straight man in a crazy scenario, which is how I think of him at all times. When I think of like Jim, if I'm being honest, like Jim succeeded because he was almost like the Seth Meyers of his world. He was always quirking at the camera being like, oh, this is crazy, isn't it? And so for him to kind of just like exist and be confident in that, I was like, fantastic. Do I like horror movies? No, I really don't. But for some reason, I just thought it was very funny and surprising with every turn. Yeah, I, I'm like following all of your points. Like I think I, okay, so I felt like this sketch was kind of peak SNL where they do something that's like really cringy and like for people in the comedy world, it's really hilarious and you like understand it and you get it and you're able to break down, like you said, like, oh, this is a classic, like there's one straight guy in like a cre- like in a crazy scenario and like there's a really awesome world building and like really funny twists but i feel like this is how they sort of lose like the general public and like i don't to be honest i don't know mm. if snl makes 
things for everyone or if they make things for comedy people like I feel like all of their episodes are sort of like half and half um where like you love half of the sketches and you hate half of the sketches depending on which side of that Mm -hmm, divide you're mm -hmm. on um but I feel like I don't know it just like was more cringy than usual I did love when um he was like oh yeah I'm like calling in from my home in Connecticut and like you know this but like I grew up in Connecticut and like I don't like to claim being from there but I thought it was like perfect world building that he was like a professor from Connecticut calling in Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah I think it was really well it Mm -hmm. was a really well done classic SNL type sketch Mm -hmm. yeah no I totally hear you on that and I actually wonder what you think about that pre-tape the loser where he plays like the older brother of a bullied guy okay so first of all i want to say that andrew who played the younger brother i feel like they're grooming him to be the next kyle mooney or the next john mulaney oh yeah that could be too Mm -hmm. he kind of looks like john mulaney but like he always Mm -hmm. plays in all the sketches that he's been i mean he's fairly recent but he always plays like this like loser weirdo guy and like Mm -hmm. i feel like um I don't know. I saw that pattern. I felt like that was also a peak SNL sketch where they it's a lot about heightening, right? Like he continues Mm. to build and everything that he says is like more cringy than the next thing. Uh, So if you start out that sketch being uncomfortable, but being like, oh, it's fine. It's like kind of funny. By the end of it, like I imagine you're like incredibly uncomfortable or you're like rolling Mm -hmm. on the floor laughing. And so... (laughs) I don't know I just felt I feel like those kind of sketches are really um polarizing and I'm not saying that's a Mm. bad thing like I think SNL has that brand but I just I think for like the cohesiveness of the episode like for me I think how much I like each episode depends on like the ratio of like how much is this like SNL cringe and how much is this like smart political comedy you know Mm, yeah I agree with you I think my only uh my only hot take on this is that this sketch made me solidify my theory that only one Bostonian can host SNL every six months so John Krasinski unfortunately has pulled the trophy away from Mr. Benefer Affleck and Matt Damon Sucks for them. It's fine. You will get over Anna Diarmas. Um. So, actually, it's interesting though because I want to bring up I want to bring up another pre-tape, which is the one where they kind of made fun of like Nicole Kidman singing the theme song for The Undoing. I just want to give a shout out to Chloe Fineman and Melissa Villasenor because Melissa, like I've said from day one, does amazing, amazing impressions of singers. But because she doesn't look like them, they don't let her do that. But she got to do her thing. I'm proud of her. And also Cousin Greg's supremacy as a secession person, seeing P. Davidson do a not great impression of Cousin Greg, but at least having the physicality, I was very here for it. And I hope Nicholas Braun, like, is very happy in his little apartment in New York City about this. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like they're definitely sleeping on Melissa Views in your, like, in general, but also just, like, in her ability to do amazing impersonations. So I enjoyed that sketch. I thought it was, I was like waiting for them to like do one of those digital shorts where they have like a variety of different celebrity impersonations because I think they just do them 
around the holidays like remember the michael buble like oh that's a very good one that's a very classic good one mm-hmm. they hadn't done that in a while so i love when they do stuff like that because they make fun of like a whole bunch of famous people that like john krasinski is probably friends with in real life mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, i just like to think about how like so the host gets to like sort of approve the sketches right so Correct. i like to think about like when they're designing this episode like what are the social consequences for them if Mm. any you know Mm -hmm. that's actually a very very interesting thing to bring up because something i took away from this episode is that i really liked how john was very game to just be there like and a, a sketch that i feel like really proves this is the last one the ratatouille one here's the thing I know for a fact that whoever wrote this probably based it off the fact that there is a Ratatouille audio going around on TikTok where the critic is like the art of critique or whatever. And I'm like, great. Like my mind is in that lizard brain section of the world too. Great. And I think it could have been brilliant if they played it almost like a hyper drama where first off, Chloe Feynman, congrats to you for uh, posting up with John Krasinski. And giving him that good, good hug at the end. Good for you. Um, I think it could have really been played up where, like, maybe Chloe is just, like, I feel like you're just not, like, as intimate with me as I want us to. Like, what's going on? And then John is just, like, there is something about me that you don't know. And he takes off the hat. It's a rat. Whatever. I thought that was kind of cute, I guess. Um, I do think the absolute pinnacle of that was Pete playing the critic. His bulgy eyes. Perfect casting yeah oh my god okay so i agree with you like the reason i was impressed with this episode was because i really didn't think john krasinski was going to be as game as he was to just like jump into things but i feel like he i mean he talked about this on in his monologue but he was like i'm such a big fan that i'm so excited to be here and i'm down for whatever and that really showed in the range of characters that he was able to play um and yeah that Mm -hmm. sketch for me like it started off so weird and i agree with you like i feel like they had a little bit of like the not the wrong take but kind of like the less funny take on it um but Mm -hmm. my absolute favorite thing is like when they actually like take a step back and it becomes like like they did like they zoomed out and it became like a narration by somebody else and pete was the perfect character Mm -hmm. to play like the creepy critic (laughs) and yeah i just really Mm -hmm. felt like he shined so much in this episode and it made me happy but they could have been more innovative, and I agree with you. And the last thing I want to say is that supermarket sweep sketch was cute. Uh, I think the only people who would get that joke about this, the whole premise of, like, roommates that aren't really just roommates um, are people who've watched, like, the 80s versions, the 80s episodes on Netflix. But it was cute, and John played the role he needed to, kind of stepping into a bit of a Bill Hader game show host thing. Um, I actually also kind of enjoyed the new Supermarket Sweep episodes hosted by Leslie Jones. Um, But now I think is a great time to just do a quick, quick hit on Machine Gun Kelly. So Hiva, what did you think of that? Oh my god, I have so many feelings about him. Okay, so first of all, I just want to like read off like our text conversation from yesterday where Mm -hmm. basically I was like wait I thought Machine Gun Kelly was a rapper and then you like did a quick Wikipedia search and you were like yeah he definitely is like I don't know what this transition is I just felt like there was so Mm -hmm. much like chaotic white boy energy coming from him like he could have been 
the poster child for like hot topic 2008 like when we were all going through like angsty teen phases i don't know there's just so much i can say but like like why is the is like really the crux of it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm with you i think here's what i'm gonna say i was uh not interested i was really just not interested in his performances i really think the only song i've ever heard from him was his little feature on camilla cabello's bad things a song that i like like every six months but i just have to be honest if machine gun kelly also known as colson baker if he was not dating megan fox i would not have thought about him at all throughout the pandemic and that's not on him. We all have our own things going on. I'm just saying it's real interesting that he's on the stage right now. I think the best thing about Machine Gun Kelly and like the, his best ever Saturday Night Live appearance was Pete Davidson playing him a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like I wish they had left it at that and not actually brought him onto the show because now I'm just like, why like i don't need to know anything about this man or his mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. i agree with you i actually was very surprised that uh pete and him didn't do something didn't do like a cameo or anything but you know maybe that was a nice surprise at the end of the day i also i also love that hiba you pointed out last night that during the end credits which we all love to watch like pete davidson tackled mgk off the stage and bow and yang was just like what is going on which i have definitely done as well looking at white boys doing white nonsense well i think at the end of the day first i kind of wish they had done something about uh the army hammer cannibalism scandal that would have been a fun little weekend update hit i'm sure they didn't because someone is friends with him and they just didn't want to like push corners here so hiba now it's time for a weekly segment hiba what did you think of weekend update so Hiba, what did you think of Weekend Update? <laughs> this is really a well-named segment. I think people are going to really understand what it's about. Um, yes. Okay, so Weekend Update is my favorite segment consistently. And I feel like the best part of it was Bowen as Fran Lebowitz. Like it was mm-hmm. so perfect, like the way that she talks and just like everything about her. I watched the entire series on Netflix and I think he really captured it well. I don't think that whoever wrote it or like Kyle Mooney himself, maybe I feel like they had the wrong take on Martin. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he he is her hype man, but he's more so just like like you said, like staring at her adoringly. I think you said Mm -hmm. yesterday over like while we were texting about this and Mm -hmm. they played it as if he thought everything she said was so hilarious. And I think that overshadowed Bowen a little bit like you can't have two very strong characters like you need one person to be like more of like the straight man and Fran Lebowitz was already like Bowen as Fran Lebowitz was already like an outrageous thing that I feel like they were just like doing too much in that um but I continue to enjoy how versatile Bowen is and just like I really feel like he's such a shining star all right so Heba at the end of the day how would you rate this episode Okay, so first I want to pick a unit of measurement as we do for these Mm -hmm. episodes. So um, I would like to nominate the very melodramatic pink microphone that MGK was using. Mm. It was just like peak, like 
fallout boy like dramatic white boy um like why does he need a pink mm-hmm. microphone no one cares but anyways i i overall like besides my more than indifference for machine gun kelly um mm-hmm. i enjoyed the episode i thought john krasinski was better than i thought he was gonna be and i enjoyed how much pete davidson there was in this um so i would give it an eight out of ten pink microphones wow i know pretty high that's that's some high standards for hibba john krasinski get excited i'm gonna read this episode 5.5 ratatouilles on john krasinski's head out of 10 um you know it's just that to be honest i don't find john krasinski or machine Gun kelly cool and i know that's a very subjective term but john did what he needed to do but at the end of the day i think both of our ratings even out too we had a fun time right yeah i feel like on average like it was like a solid snl episode like there were some parts that we both really like loved there were some parts that like we could have done without but honestly i think it's it's hard right to like come back after so much has happened in a new presidency in a new year and so i think like if their goal was just to transition back into it i think they did better than i was expecting them to i think for me just a little bit too much please watch the office on peacock energy for me that's fair that's that's fair. I agree yeah. with that. All right. Well, Hiba, thank you so much for joining me again as we sit here to talk about SNL, our favorite thing to hate, yet our favorite thing to watch. We will be back next week to talk about an episode that I'm actually quite excited for. Dan Levy, Phoebe Bridgers. It's going to be real fun and real young. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.